Hey everybody, welcome to Breakfast with Bob from Oceanside, our host, the beautiful Mission Pacific Hotel. My name is Bob Babbitt. We're brought to you by Master Spas, as fuels go longer. Hoka Let's Fly, Form Smart Swim Goggles, Zoot Sports, the original triathlon brand, Premium Plus Sports, and of course, our Challenged Athletes Foundation. Our next guest, 2022 Ironman World Champion, Chelsea Sodaro. I bet that never gets old. You know, it really doesn't. It's taken some time to get used to, but I think I'm embracing it and enjoying it. And it's such a thrill to be here with you. So back in 2007, a young woman from uh, the UK named Chrissy Wellington came to the Ironman. And she surprised nobody knew who she was. She wasn't wearing a visor or a hat. And she had logos sort of glued on. She blew everybody away. And I talked to her that evening. And she said, I understand how important this race is, and it's just given me a platform to try to empower young girls to get into sport. And it's funny, because the light bulb went on for her right when she crossed the finish line. I have something more important than just racing. And you are that same person. You you have decided right from the very beginning of this that that you're gonna make, make a difference, and talk a little about what you're doing. Thanks, Bob. That That's so kind. Chrissy is obviously an icon and to have my name mentioned in the same sentence as her is something that is, you know, beyond words, really. Wow. She, she's yeah. such an icon. Um, you know, I have been talking about these things like maternal health and mm-hmm. women's rights, but now people are listening and it won't be forever. These careers are not very long, right. but... Um, I have this moment in time now where some people care what I have to say and um, I am a mission-driven person. I come from um, a family of service-minded people. Mm -hmm. My dad was a high school teacher. My mom is a doctor. My brother is a special tactics officer in the Air Force and my husband is a firefighter. So I am surrounded by (laughs) these people that are constantly giving back to their communities and triathlon can be a super selfish pursuit. It can be all about us and our training and our schedules. And while that's still something that, you know, our life kind of revolves around with me, uh, I do feel very mission driven to make a difference in in my community. Well, talk a little bit about Uh, Moms Demand Action. Absolutely. Um, So this weekend, um, I will be donating all of my prize money to an organization called Moms Demand Action, which is a grassroots organization um, working on gun reform and gun safety measures in this country. Um, There was just another school shooting on Monday. It's a horrific, horrific tragedy that continues to happen over and over and over again. Guns are the number one killer of our children um, and condolences are no longer enough. So I'm hoping to create a little bit more awareness um, to donate whatever money I win this weekend to help make things safer for our kids. I mean, a parent shouldn't be thinking when they put their kid on a bus in the morning that they might not ever see them again. That is scary stuff. Absolutely. You know, as you know, I am a mom and I have a lot of friends with young kids and the fact that they're thinking um, that, you know, that goodbye in the morning when they send their kids off to school, maybe the last one is just unfathomable and school should be such a safe, sacred sanctuary, not a place of terror. 
it's it's interesting years ago when we had the columbine shooting one of the young men who was shot in that he was out at our caf san diego triathlon challenge because he was paralyzed from the waist down and that is a something that he will carry with him for the rest of his life is is the fact that he went to school one day to learn and ended up paralyzed for, for the rest of his life it's it's scary stuff and i appreciate what what, what you're doing uh, this whirlwind of you know, winning, winning the Ironman World Championship, I'm sure that you knew it was an important event, but you probably didn't quite understand the scope of how important the event is, how it changes lives. Absolutely. I don't think I really understood how much it would change my life and my family's life until probably uh, a couple months ago, yeah. maybe. It's, it's really been a super busy time. And I thought that I would kind of finish the race and go on vacation and check out from triathlon <laughs> for the rest of the year. But um, yeah, it was quite busy and it's all good things. I have so many incredible new partners mm -hmm. that I'm working with. Um, Canyon yes. is here this weekend. On is here. Um, a host of amazing people that I get to work with. And it's a really fun phase. I think it's kind of like triathlon career. 2.0 now. Well, and it's it's funny. The other conversation that I had with Sophie Watts and with a couple other of the women today who dealt with stress fractures throughout their college careers and had been healthy in high school and then just had stress fracture or other issues, planner uh, for Tamara Jewett, you know, awful planner, laid up for 18 months, having to get into swimming and sighting. The next thing you know, they're great triathletes. And one of the conversation points was, should there be more cross-training in college for these for runners so that they do have other options when and to avoid injuries? Yeah, absolutely. I think there have been some amazing books that have come out recently uh, from Lauren Fleshman in particular, Good for a Girl, that really discusses how these systems are not designed for women. Yes, um, that's a great we're point. We're recruited, you know, into college as um, like adolescent women going through puberty and still developing and puberty is quite different for women. Sometimes yes. we get slower and our bodies change in significant ways, whereas men just kind of get better and better and better. Right. We oftentimes have this little dip and I think that happens for a lot of track athletes, especially like distance runners yes. early in college and we're just not given the time and space to develop properly. Um, if, if maybe, yeah, we had more things like cross training and proper education on nutrition and mental health and, and all of these things that would help us navigate this period a little bit better, I think that we'd have a lot more high level women competing um, post collegiately and, and maybe coming over to our side of coming things here to in the triathlon. Dark side. Exactly. I like it. <laughs> yeah, you, when you have athletes who are, you know, they're, they're running 30, 40 miles a week in high school and all of a sudden it's 80, 90. And you know, like you said, your body's changing in different ways and guys' bodies. It's not, it's not one size fits all. You need to be able to adapt to the athletes, which I don't think has happened over. And it seems like the system has gone on and on and on and more and more people are injured. Uh, throughout. The other side of it for me is if you're a coach, you're, you're thinking about getting that next job. So if you have someone who's a star, you're going to run them in every relay. You're going to run them in, in everything you can, and you can burn those people out. That's hard, too. Right. It's a tricky system because, of course, coaches at the NCAA level are incentivized based on performance rather than health. 
uh, do we graduate still loving the sport? And so maybe, you know, like Lauren and people like Kara Goucher have discussed, maybe yes. there could be other incentives for coaches rather than just like the performances that you're getting out of people as freshmen and sophomores in college, perhaps. Um, there is a better way and, and it is not one size fit all. It's no. not one size fit all for men and women. It's for each individual athlete. And that can be really hard to manage when you're managing a team of right. 30, 40, 50 people. Um, you know, I was really lucky with incredible support during college um, from my coaches at Cal and from Magdalena Boulay, who was my coach when I started there and my coach post collegiately and um, from, from my husband, Steve, who just saw this little, uh, brightness in me and encouraged me to keep on pursuing it even thing when things were not going well and then really encouraging me when things started to turn the corner what was the lowest point for you during your during you know was there there's numerous points i'm sure where you were ready okay i'm moving on i'm not doing this anymore i mean there have been so many iterations of my career at this point of course those years when i was injured yes. at cal were super challenging and then I kind of got it together and had some success immediately after college and then was injured again and moved to triathlon and, you know, raced on the ITU circuit, but almost quit the sport a year and a half in because I just wasn't enjoying the lifestyle. Um, I wasn't enjoying just like chasing the calendar of races right. around the world and not being around the people that I love. and. And of course, you know, I've been really open about my challenges after having my daughter. Yes. There have been some really dark times. Uh, and, you know, I probably quit. I probably quit triathlon like 12 times last year, <laughs> last season. <laughs> but luckily, I have a, an amazing support team who encourages me. And um, they just keep on saying, like, just just give it a try. Just, yeah, just, just see, see what, what, see what happens. Yeah, okay. exactly. So this season, you had your off season, which really wasn't an off season because all this great stuff was happening. Yes. But you know, now there's a target on your back. You're the Ironman World Champion. Every race you go to, people are gonna be like, "Okay, we're 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 we know that Chelsea is there, and we've got to make sure we neutralize her. We got to make sure we <laughs> we attack on the bike, and we got to get away." I'm sure you're you're ready for that this year. Sure. And, you know, I'm the Ironman world champion. I'm not the 70.3 world champion yes. or the PTO world champion. My, you know, true passion is mm -hmm. the iron distance. And of course, I'll be taking that on at Challenge Roth and Kona again. And I have the opportunity to race amazing fields here in Oceanside and on the PTO circuit. So I'll be putting my best foot forward and preparing as well as I possibly can. And I really believe that uh, a rising tide lifts all ships and, and we're going to bring the best out of each other on Saturday. Speaking of that, when you are on the ITU circuit, it talk about something that can be lonely. You've got the same little group. You're flying to Yokohama. You're flying to different places like that. There really isn't that much. The age group component is usually a different day than the pros. So you're fairly isolated. Even though you're doing this great sport of triathlon, you're in a hotel in a weird country with nobody around. When you move to 70.3 and the, the full distance, now you've got 3,000 age groupers and a lot of moms and a lot of, a lot of people who are like you, just you, know, you want to be the best. They want to be the best. They want to they, they attack the course, but it's not them against each other. It's them against the course and them against themselves. So is this style of racing and traveling the world to, to these venues where you're meeting these really very special people, that's probably been invigorating for you. 
Absolutely. I think there is such camaraderie between the professional and amateur fields in long distance racing. We're all out there feeling the same sensations and experiencing the same things. Maybe we're going at different speeds, but those experiences and feelings are the same regardless of how fast we're going. Um, I have so much respect for all of the competitors out there. We're really, you know, more than anything, it's us against ourselves and the courses. Always. Um, that is, you know, the ultimate challenge with what we're taking on. And of course we all want to win and, um, set personal bests and, sure. and achieve in that way. But I think that before you're doing that, you have to take on yourself. Always. One of the races that, uh, um, that I thought the Canadian open was a, to me, a huge breakthrough. Just the fact that that was a world-class field. Right, that was a world-class field, and for you to have the race you had there coming from back and running your way through the field, did that give you a lot of confidence heading into the rest of your season? Absolutely, and, and it was less about the kind of result of being on the podium and more about how I persisted and mm-hmm. overcame and really feeling like myself for the first time since giving birth to my daughter, you know, um, we're so in tune with our bodies as athletes that we know when things aren't quite right. And even though I'd had some kind of decent results since having sky, I hadn't felt like that pop in my legs, especially on the run, which has always been my weapon. And that race in Edmonton was the first time where I felt like I'm kind of in control on this and I have some like agency to compete in the way that I Yes. No, I can. Yeah. And you're on the podium with Ashley Gentle and with Paula Finley. And that's pretty cool because uh, if you look at all th- three of you, there was a point there for Ashley, you know, not really quite sure with the whole ITU thing and, you know, what's she going to do next. And Paula struggled for a, a number of years before finding the longer distance. I just think like all three of you f- sort of found the niche that was the, the best for you. It was, it was a place where you can be yourself, where you can show your talent and, and have supportive women around you who, will, who, will, um, who are excited for your, for your success and obviously still want to kick your butt. Absolutely. There's so much mutual respect in the women's professional yeah. field right now. A lot of us genuinely like each other, uh, yeah. which, which makes things fun before and after the race. Of course, when we're out there competing we oh, yeah. want to win and we're fiercely competitive but um w- we all like have a good idea of what we endure as yes. individuals and i think you know we're cheering each other on in sport and life now have you raced here i raced here last season that's right i uh, i started my season in miami and i dnf'd oh, that's right. yeah, yeah, you so got i raced here. i restarted right. my season here and i got seventh and i was so nervous for this race and i got my butt kicked and i was totally devastated and we were just laughing the other day because I was a year postpartum and I thought, I'm good, everything is fine, like I'm 100% and the reality was that I really um, wasn't quite there and that was actually sort of a solid result for, for me and where my fitness was at at the time. So um, it's just so funny to have that perspective now right. and think like, that was a season opener and it doesn't have to be perfect. We're not aiming for perfection right now, we're yes. aiming for progress and for getting a mark on the board and so that's what I'll be chasing this weekend. It's funny, I was just chatting with Kat Matthews yesterday And we were talking about, and she says, you know, I've done some research on Oceanside. And if you look at a lot of people who have great races there, they don't necessarily have a great season. It's not really an indicator. (laughs) It sort of says, look at Daniela Reef last year. 
And then a month later, you know, she goes and you know, kills everybody at, uh, in, um, uh, in St. George, right? Exactly, yes. So you don't, you, you use this, like you said, make sure my kit fits good, yeah. make sure my logos look good, yes. make sure my shoes work well, and then we'll go and figure out where I'm And I I'm can racing. tell you, Bob, my kit this year, Sweet. it's from Win Republic. Oh, yeah. I'm be looking good. I'm probably going to have the nicest kit on oh, the course. Nice. So you heard it here first. You've got a nice collection yeah. of sponsors. I'm very excited. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you mentioned the whole idea. This is a very selfish sport, and it, it can be something that, you know, it's like, oh, I'm getting up in the morning, I'm swimming, biking, and running, I'm spending time away from my kid, and this is something I really should be doing. But when you add in what you're adding in, when you're raising dollars for, for other organizations and when you're changing lives for the better, it sort of helps motivate you in your training, don't you think? Absolutely. I'm I'm truly like buoyed by the community around me, of course, by the people that I work with yes. you know, intimately on a day to day basis. But also, um, you know, I'm sure I've told you how many women on the course in Kona literally were cheering for me during their own races saying, right. like, do it for the moms, do it for Sky. Um, I think that that's pretty unique. I don't know if too many other women have experienced what I have on the Queen <laughs> K. Um, and so I feel like so embraced by our triathlon community yep. and like really grateful for that. I, you know, I, I think I have been like maybe late to find my groove and, um, but you found it. Yeah. I mean, all we, all we really want as people, right. Is to like feel a sense of belonging and like exactly. we're making a difference and contributing and triathlon has, has given me that. So I'm eternally grateful. Love it. Have a great race on Saturday, Chels. Always such a pleasure to see you. Congratulations on all the success. It couldn't happen to a greater person. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. That means a lot. Chelsea Sodaro has been our guest again. Breakfast with Bob. We are here at the Mission Pacific Hotel. Hold on, everybody. We will be right back.